0: The views and opinions expressed during convention nerds are solely those of the personalities, hosts, and/or guests appearing on the broadcast, and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Green Mustard Entertainment Inc. or any other agency, organization, event, partnership, employer, or company. Oh my gosh! I believe we're live, ladies and oh. gentlemen. Welcome to episode number six. That's Yikes. right. <laughs> and thought we would, we'd stop, you know, after three or four, uh, uh, prior to the show, uh, we were having a discussion about, uh, the technology we use to do these shows. And as you can see, I now have a green screen. I've had one. which I didn't have to adapt it till I recently appeared on a, uh, another, I podcast prefer all natural episodes. Tom, but Ken has <laughs> promised to get a green screen if we make it to 10 episodes. So it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Kickstarter goals. Now we have that, but, uh, welcome we'll to the right chair. Well, and that what is that a hoodie that you just threw there? Um, <laughs> uh, at least our guests have geek stuff behind them. Ken's like, "There's my oh, library.
1: I got a bookcase full of comics. Come on, give me some slack." And, and we,
0: we can really not see those. All right. So, anyway, welcome to episode six of Convention Nerds. My name is Tom Chrome, and in 1999, I met a really hot girl. She liked Sailor Moon, so that means I like Sailor Moon too. And I started an anime club called Wasabi Anime, which is now uh, basically a business that runs anime conventions and also designs entertainment for other anime conventions. And as you can guess, we have no anime conventions to go to right now, which means we're spending all of our time on Twitch talking to you. And uh, over to my uh, right, I believe, is my other side. Crime. Other side. uh oh, that's right. I hate the mirror and zoom. Thanks. So on that way. See, I got uh, it right. Am I pointing it right? Yeah, you're probably correct here. Yeah, you were. okay. That one, <laughs> that o- o- over there, there, is is Ken Joey Snack Pants Navi. Uh, tell us about yourself.
1: Oh yeah, so Tom uh, raided my Transformers panel at JCon 2000, and he's been a pain in my ass ever since. I was also best man at his wedding with that hot girl that he took to the to the to the convention. So yes, you know, we've got that, that, that going. The,
0: that is the punchline. Is the hot girl did become my wife, and we've been together for 20 years now. So yeah, your anniversary's
1: history. coming up here soon, Tom.
0: Yes, it's 13 years, Mary. Yeah, wow. I have to math that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so now we have this, this podcast. And in each episode, for those of you, uh, this is your first time joining us, the purpose of convention nerds is once a week we have a live conversation uh, with somebody running uh, what we call consumer-focused media shows, a.k.a. anime, comic, <laughs> pop culture conventions. Uh, and it's especially relevant to conversation in today's day and age uh, thanks to COVID-19, and it makes us booking people on the show much easier because so many people are at home. That said, uh, we have uh, the wonderful, fine folks and team from uh, Anime Boston who sacrificed Jenna to be the on-person camera, on-person camera person for this one. Uh, Jenna, if you can introduce yourself and uh, tell us your position and uh, with Anime Boston and just a little rundown of A.B.
2: Sure. So my name is Jenna Leary. I'm the current vice chair of Anime Boston. Uh, Anime Boston is obviously located in Boston. Makes that nice and easy with the name.
1: You would say (laughs) that, but (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of events.
2: Secretly in Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so we have been running since 2003. So we have a decent little history behind us. uh, And we are the largest anime con in the New England area which is amazing
0: um (laughs) uh, and kudos to that uh wow yeah the um for everybody watching um i i i thought i was doing something clever and every single episode i try to do something to connect with who we have as a guest and i wore my my boston uh uh you know uh stadium uh when i went to go see the red sox play and it's green so if i do wear it this way and I tilt the We my lose head, the top of
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> you lose the
0: top of it. So I'll be wearing it this way. And for those of you who have noticed, yes, I finally got sick of it and I shaved all my hair off the didn't other day. You didn't shave
1: it. You didn't go bald. You didn't go cue. So I got full oh, cue the no. ball. Then I would no, have no. been impressed.
0: My my uh, Ken, Ken knew my late father who was that bald. <laughs> Ergo, I will never be that bald <laughs> in fear of what <laughs> so you like absolutely my have father. to be. <laughs> um so uh, what year? So what year was the first year of anime Boston?
2: So the first year in Austin was two thousand
0: and three. We started okay.
2: in a small hotel, which we outgrew super quickly. And by two thousand and five, we had to move to the Heinz Convention Center.
0: About wow. if, if, how many okay. people? How many people do you think showed up that first
1: year? Yeah.
2: So the first year was about twenty five
0: hundred.
1: Um, wow! Oh. Right? <laughs> Holy crap! Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. So they were like, when they started the convention, they were like, "Oh, we'll just we'll get five hundred it people. Awesome. It's going to be super great, nice little quiet thing." So ended up with about twenty five hundred the fire marshal like was like no more no more so the next year they lowered the amount a little bit. I think we got about two K in there and we got our contract with the Heinz because we couldn't we couldn't stay there.
1: Okay, so one of the things I like to joke about whenever I hear about conventions in large metropolitan areas like when LA when somebody in LA says oh yeah we pulled eleven hundred I'm like you got you got ten million people in the LA basin. Come on. Yeah. How many people were in the greater Boston metro area?
2: Oh gosh, I genuinely have no idea. (laughs) But then we, you know, we have like the big schools. We've got Cambridge and Harvard and all that stuff, MIT. So, so you have the smart anime
0: nerds, is what you're saying. We got the
2: smart anime nerds. It makes it great for doing all the tech stuff.
0: (laughs) Now it's uh, so 2003. You had 2,500 people show up, which again we're both stunned because normal first year cons (laughs) are, you know, 300 to 500. You're doing well. Um, How many people last last year, 2019? Uh, since you're now the largest in the Northeast.
2: So we average about 25,000 attendees a year. Okay. And so, yeah, we grew quite a it,
1: bit. Is it noses uh, or turnstile?
2: Uh, it's unique.
1: Okay. Yep,
2: yeah, we don't use turnstile because we figure it's uh, easier to just do unique um, because we are a three-day con versus like some of the one-day cons that tend to use the turnstile numbers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's all unique. Uh, We're busy. We rent out all three floors of the Heinz Convention Center, plus parts of the Sheridan to put on our programming. And now we started renting um, Kings across the street, which is basically like a restaurant slash bowling alley area. Mm -hmm. And so we're slowly starting to take over a little bit more of the city at a time because, you know, got to make space for all these people.
0: Well, and you present a problem that, that, that you know, and, and, you know, for everybody watching. So, one of the contracts Wasabi Anime has is we work with Informa Pop Culture, who owns Megacon and the Fan Expo shows. And they bought Fan Expo Boston a few years ago, and we've taken over and we work with them on designing programming for Fan Expo Boston. And so, having worked at the other Fan Expo shows, you know, Fan Expo Canada is the largest convention in Canada. And then Dallas was like 50,000 people. Uh, so the first time I set foot in the Heinz and I got there, I'm like, awesome, Boston's got to be this, you know, just like these other cities. And that was my first surprise was that convention centers, you know, realistically isn't that big, you know, right. compared to other cities, especially with the the amount of people you have around there. And just, and, and you just, you know, the other issue is where else can you go? Because for for those of you who've never been to Boston, it's, I get lost all the time because there's, um, even if you do walking directions, there's a whole bunch of, you're gonna walk this way, and now there's stairs. You're gonna take this street going there, and there's bridges and levels that overlap in the area. So you have the convention center. You say you took over the the hotel, which is what's the hotel there?
2: The uh The Sheridan.
0: The Sheraton, and now King's Bowling Alley. Which you know, it's, I mean,
2: yeah. what else
0: is left? I mean, there's there's really not a lot that's really conducive to that style of event there. Really, is there? I mean.
2: It's true, and we do, like, we have had discussions about what we are going to do in the future. Um, there is another convention center in town, which you're familiar with, the BCEC, uh, mm-hmm. but it's quite large. Um, mm-hmm. Most conventions usually just take up a portion of that convention center. Yep. It's also located in Back Bay. It's located kind of in, like, the, um, the water area. Okay. And it's yep. nice, but it's still, as weird as this sounds for Boston, it's still something of a dead area. It's getting a lot better, but you're seeing more restaurants and more hotels. But over the last five years, it was definitely a much more subdued area. So we've been kind of watching that because with the back bay, we have everything. We've got so many restaurants, hotels, Mm -hmm. everything. So it's rough to be like, yeah, let's move from a place where we have everything to a place where it's not as built up yet. So that's part of the discussion. The costs, things like that have all come into it. But it's something we've looked at.
0: And you brought up one of the main things we were dealing with, which is the cost. And, right. You know, we, we we made the joke earlier about Anime Boston, but we're and we're in Boston, and we make the joke all the time. There were shows that uh, in Chicago, for example, that would claim to be a Chicago event, but we're really I mean, in Rosewood, Ro- yeah, <laughs> or uh, 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 Rosemont, and well, and um, uh, it's because the cost of operating within the city is so high. Um And right. Boston's not a cheap town. You guys are you're, no, I, yeah, very expensive. You know, thanks, Harvard. Um, But it it does add.
1: It's a union town, too, right? What's that? It's a union town, too, right? Yes. Okay. So you got union costs as well. Okay.
2: Yes. Well, the advantages we
1: have with being in Florida, running Florida events makes it a little bit less problematic. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's definitely a lot to work around to make a con happen up in the Northeast.
0: It's the, the the only um the only or Orla- uh, Florida or Orlando anime convention ever actually put Orlando in their name. Uh, their first two years were not in Orlando; they were in Kissimmee. Oh,
1: really? But, right. but they were
0: close <laughs> enough, so they kept saying, "Hey, we're the right. anime event in Orlando in Kissimmee." So it was it was kind of a funny joke. We cheated when we created the next event. Uh, uh, when I created a follow up event ten years ago, uh, we just said Florida Anime Experience in case we ever bounced anywhere. Um, right, it
2: kind of gives you a wiggle space
0: oh yeah so so you you guys are the largest northeast um what do you think uh well let's let's take a step back now it's not anime boston as a business you guys are actually like i forget the name of it but uh it's like an organization like new england something anime is that right
2: the new england anime society is our parent Mm -hmm. company so they technically own anime boston and Mm -hmm. we operate as a nonprofit.
0: okay and now, now were they around when you started or is that something you guys decided to step into after the show was created and you started doing the show?
2: Well, since the show was created from a bunch of people just learning how to make an anime con, it Mm -hmm. was developed around the same time because it became apparent that if we were going to make a nonprofit, we should have a parent company to like oversee everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while there was a lot of crossover so a lot of the acts that were on Anime Boston were also the people running the New England Anime Society and lately more so we've kind of uh, made that so it's not the same people running both <laughs> but we still work okay. together as a whole but it also allows us to do other things like we had run a 21 plus convention almost 10 years ago
1: um, well, I heard yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so, let's we'll do some fun stuff
0: so, so the society is the parent company for it. Anime Boston is their major project, but you guys, uh, the society themselves, still do other side projects from time to time. Um, Correct. And it, it, where do you guys feel, you know, uh, instead of when the decision was made, or I don't know if you were there then, or even now when you do it, why do you feel, or what do you see as the advantage of that sort of a structure versus just being a, you know, a corporation or an S-Corp or C-Corp, some sort of a, you know, a funded professional organization versus keeping it NPO? What, what drives that decision?
2: I think that being a nonprofit is great. I mean, not only for obvious tax reasons, uh, mm-hmm. but it also kind of takes the focus off of squarely making money and puts it on the quality of events. So, like, we're not super worried if, like, that year our profits are down as long as we can make enough to cover, but we can also put it back into the event. So Mm -hmm. it's not paying anybody because I think a lot of people don't realize that when you do a con like this nonprofit, no one gets paid. So every cent that goes into Anime Boston is going back into our convention. And so it's kind of nice because it allows us to do some really fun things that we may or may not be able to do depending on if we were solely for profit.
0: Now, nobody at AB gets paid. It's all 100% volunteer, but does anybody in the parent company, is there like at least one salaried manager that's overseeing everything?
2: No, not a single person gets paid. Everybody is doing this all out of their own spare time
0: wow it's and kind that's of even, impressive. well it's 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 even more impressive than the fact that you guys have spiked to the size that you are and have maintained not only your your reputation but also the you know you, you, the largest in new england is 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 a hell of a thing to 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 carry um and it's all done you know one hundred percent literally you know to use the term the labor of love um yeah what um so in Boston specifically versus other anime shows, what do you think sets Anime Boston apart versus, you know, any of the other anime cons in North America? What what do you feel is the, the, the difference?
2: Sure. So a lot of the anime cons that are kind of nearby us um, are a much smaller con. So we definitely have the size advantage, which is interesting because some people do enjoy that that small anime con feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with being a bigger anime con, we can bring in like better guests. We can bring in bigger events, um, better prizes, all sorts of stuff right across the board in that aspect. But it's also just we have a really nice community uh, between not only our staff, because we have a staff of over 600 people. Um, mm-hmm. So not only our staff, but also the attendees that attend our event have a really active community
0: so so when anime boston is not happening is there like this community doing stuff throughout the year like what sort of other things do they do
2: Sure. So like obviously with COVID, we have a discord where they're talking now um, right. and sort of planning stuff. And what they would think of cosplay is such a big thing. So everybody's still talking about like what costume they're going to wear. Uh, help me plan this. Help me plan that. What's going to be popular next year? I want to make sure I have the best costume possible for next year. Um, but in the meantime, we do other small events. We worked with the Museum of Science the last few years and we had Anime Boston Day, which then became Anime Boston Days. Uh, because it became a multi-day event. And so we do this whole cool thing that incorporates science and anime. Uh, and the museum is great. Like last year, they got the machine that does the, real technical terms, the electric machine that does the zapping that to music. They wrote it so that it went to the Pokemon theme. It's just like goofy little stuff like that. But then we find ways to relate science into anime and put on panels and things like that. Um, we also work with the Japan society typically to put on, uh, they have an event over, it's the fall now they had to move it, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, they put on a whole like cultural festival for Japan and anime Boston works with them as well to be a part of that. So we try to do things throughout the year that, uh, like still keep our audience engaged and remembering us, but also that are fun and like that they want to attend and be part of.
0: Well, sounds like that's part of the drive of the show itself is it's a, yeah. uh, you know, a perpetual experience year round, not just the the come in and, and leave. I mean, one of the things I've had to uh, impress upon, uh, you know, uh, some of our partners, uh, uh, Megacon's a perfect example. When Informa bought Megacon, the first year everybody heard and, you know, we weren't even working with them yet, but it was like, oh, great. We have our favorite hometown show and now the Canadians own it. and yeah. There, and, and, and they weren't wrong, uh, but they, the team there immediately had the realization of, the, you know, we don't want that perception of the, hey, we're just going to show up to run the big show, make a check and go away. And so the, the mentality had to start shifting and it took them some years to get there of it, it is a, all of these events are community driven. And the more that you stay engaged with the community year round versus, you know, hey, show up, here's the show, see you next. Uh, you kind of nurture your own fan base and nurture your own growth, um, which is a great segue to my next question, which is: uh, So, all of us are dealing with COVID nineteen at this point. Um, you guys had to cancel uh, your show and uh, postpone it to next year, uh, <laughs> earlier this year, I remember. Um, yeah. And today, what what are your next dates uh, for the IRL, the allegedly the the next real one?
2: so anime boston 2021 is to be held on april 2nd to the 4th okay and we are still actively planning to hold our convention
0: mm-hmm. which it's it's should be we're all hoping but again we just talked about megacon fan expo just moved all of their shows to the second half of the year but we're still going with megacon and we have back dates just in case but um and at this point you guys are still planning to go forward but in the interim the past year you haven't been able to really do a lot of these events so how have you guys you know with with the absence of hey we can do these small local events what have you guys been doing to connect with your local community
2: it's definitely been a lot harder this year than any previous year Um, we have mostly just been talking through discord with our community and, you know, running like little things for them to interact with like contest type things. But it's, it's not the same. It's so hard because usually we go to so many other cons and we have a table and people love to come up to us and they're like, oh, it's anime Boston. We're so happy to see you. And it's, we miss that. (laughs) We miss that a lot. So it's been well, difficult, but we do have um we have an event actually coming up on Saturday that we're working with the Japan Society.
0: Like of this Boston, Saturday.
2: This absolute Saturday. So this is a perfect okay. timing. Um, So yeah, it's an online event, and it's totally free. You just have to register for it, and the Japan Society is going to go ahead and put on cooking classes and Japanese language classes, and from our side, we're going to do cosplay contests and a bunch of other cosplay games, but we also got the Japanese band Girlfriend, who's going to go ahead and do a question-and-answer session as well as a live concert. So it's pretty great, and it's totally free, and you should absolutely check it out.
0: Now, when you say the Japanese band, like, they're still based in Japan right now, or are they local to North America? Wow, okay interesting
1: yeah. Kind of shift so, yeah so you're waking some <laughs> some, yeah, some
0: poor band up in the middle of the night to come do a q <laughs> the, those of us said yeah. i know your team because i've run into victor when we do work in japan it's the reminder of the this is what time it is and then we've all had the same conversation which is we'd love to have somebody from japan live stream what time is that going to be for you because we want to do it at 2 p.m in the middle of the afternoon our time that said when, when are they scheduled to do their uh q a
2: I believe their Q&A is about 6.30, so it's not the worst, but it's not the best. Well, that's, <laughs> in terms of. That's
0: that's get up early and go to Starbucks time, so that's not horrible. Yeah,
2: No, <laughs> we've done some reverse events where we've had, like, a showing of an anime, and then we've had, like, the creators stream in and talk before the showing of the anime, and so that meant that we've had to play it at about 2 a.m., So we Mm. had it like a breakfast event where we were like, get breakfast, get down here 2 a.m. You're going to see the first screening of this show. And it was it was a success. So I like to doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, playing with time zones, that's rough business.
0: What has been uh, so you guys have had a myriad of guests. What would you say has been your favorite guest that Anime Boston has ever gotten to present?
2: My personal favorite guest, um, Yoko Shimomura, hands down, was a dream guest. And we've actually had the honor of hosting her twice. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the first year, she put on an extremely like intimate piano concert. And to this day, <laughs> is one of the best things I've ever seen. She did a dueling pianos of the Kingdom Hearts theme with another pianist. And it was just gorgeous. Um, the most recent time she was here, we did more of a tribute concert to her, so she was there and she came up and spoke about each of the songs and then uh we had um an orchestra perform her songs.
0: Oh my god. And it
2: was both times beautiful, one of the best events we've done.
0: So you guys do music a lot uh, as a, a key component to Anime Boston, you'd say?
2: Yeah, we do a lot of really cool stuff. We've had some amazing music guests. We had Puffy AmiYumi a few years ago. Um sure. we had Lisa Calafina. Uh, oh boy, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. We had flow. so we tend to pull in some pretty awesome music guests that put on amazing concerts. Wow.
0: Okay. For for if you your favorite non musical guest, who would you say?
2: My favorite non musical guest. Um, we did have we had Toro Furya a couple of years ago, who's the Japanese voice of Tuxedo Mask. Oh and he was that's pretty really awesome. Cool to have around. Yeah, and he was amazing and just an overall good time guest that I enjoyed having and that our fans were wicked excited to see. Because when you can pull like a very famous Japanese voice actor, um, depending when they're from, like obviously he ranks with the older fans and it's we don't mm-hmm. it's hard to cater to the the older fans anymore because you always, you know, wanna go a little younger. So it's nice when we get something for everybody else over here
0: <laughs> oh and, and, and that's the discussion we're having all the time is you know we get requests and, and you guys do the same thing too which is mm-hmm. oh can you bring a b c and d and they can be epic in japan um and they can be a legendary level but if you're not hitting the target demo of teen to college which is the primary uh, right. you know following the anime right now you know, you you have only a finite people that, that connect with with the older guests. But when they come, for those of us that care, it's suddenly like you know the greatest thing in the world. I mean, you could literally at this point probably bring Miyazaki to a con, and you know most of the kids attending will have no clue who the old man is. Right. But you know, yeah, yeah, in reality. But every I mean, we had a convention in Florida bring Monkey Punch once, wow. and uh, he was uh, literally sitting uh, at his table, and then a couple of the English VAs were near it. And their lines were much longer than his because nobody knew, you know. It's hard. It breaks
2: more, your heart because you are like this person I respect so much, but no one knows who they are except like me.
1: That was always the issues regarding budgets and, you know, who you can bring and, you know, what's, what's going what's gonna to be bang for your buck. Um, yeah. You know, having Japanese guests is great, but unless you have that real specific Japanese guest that everybody knows, it just it just falls flat
0: or some way to connect them to something that is mainstream in america you know when we look at things just like you said like oh uh, you know they could not know, somebody could be watching right now and i have no clue who you're talking about as far as the pianist but they played kingdom hearts well i know what kingdom right. hearts is so suddenly you know you know a tuxedo mask i don't know the actor but oh my god i love sailor moon you know and 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 that's part of the connection to it versus you know in north america kind of the the mainstreamification of English VAs being, you know, the guests for conventions. When you bring, you know, uh, from overseas, there's only a finite amount of uh, kind of traction you get with these, which is unfortunate, because you know these are a lot of great, wonderful, creative people we want to see more of. But it's it's a market, and we have to go with that. Um, now that said, now that we're in the era of COVID. Uh, it's, I, I'd like to think it's opening the door to more virtual opportunities for things like that. But you said, I, I, I want to go back to something you, you touched on, which is you said you did a, a screening of uh, an anime and then had a creator uh, show up at like two in the morning afterwards or in the middle of the night. So you guys have already had, or, you know, at least you know, stepping into the world we're in now prior to the pandemic, we're doing streaming based content and anime Boston. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it wasn't like, we didn't, haven't done a lot. We've, we dabbled in it, I think is the nicest way to say it. But it was something okay. that we had wanted to make happen. And that was going to be the best possible way to do it. And we have such a wonderful technical crew that they just made that happen. No questions asked, you know?
0: And that's, and again, even if it's just dabbling, pre-COVID, it was, you know, I can talk about a handful of cons that I know were, you know, jumping into that pool ahead of time, uh, which now I think, you right. know, opinion-wise coming out of this, is going to be partial norm for how we're going to have to run cons. Um, you know, We're doing contracts for 2021, which shows that we do for Wasabi Anime, and one of them explicitly is written that we are providing X number of hours of content, and for the retainer we're paid to design all of this, 50% of it has to be designed that should they have to cancel or shift for COVID, it has to be presentable in an online format. I just throw it onto Twitch. So, you know, we're we're designing stuff where it's, hey, talking to uh, this guest virtually, but we're here in person um, in order to not have to fly them out, but at least have them readily available. And if we flip to it, now we're all virtual and, you know, we're in a Zoom call or, you know, Discord or something. Um, what uh, in New England's been, been affected, we've all been affected different ways. How do you see um Uh, And again, we all know we're all talking speculatory pieces at this point. Nobody's holding anything anyway. How do you see COVID affecting how Anime Boston operates in the future?
2: So for now, we're definitely in a a spot because we have to wait until phase four for Massachusetts, uh, which Mm -hmm. is the development or distribution of a vaccine. So in the immediate future, we're definitely seeing this as uh, we are planning to hold 2021, but it is... uh, we're keeping an eye on everything because mm-hmm. a lot of outside influences are going to impact us but going yeah. forth it's hard to guess how this is going to affect cons because it's like everybody's going to be more aware of everyone around them and how much extra space are we going to need for people in the future? You know, we're going to have to really space out dealer's room, even when we have a vaccine, uh, like how are people going to react to all of this? Are they going to want to be super close to each other? You know, is that going to continue five years down the road? Are people going to kind of relax? Cause everybody's so tense right now that even if let's say we have a vaccine and we are all set, I don't think that you could convince all of the people to be like, yeah, sign me up, put me in a huge room with everybody else right now. Like it's going to take some time to get that trust back from people that they're okay.
0: Well, and and, and the question is, will we ever get there? Uh, you know, we, yeah. we had a, a horrible incident happen, you know, almost 20 years ago uh, and, and thousands of people died in New York city. And to this day, I still have to take my shoes off. So we're right. 20 years later, it's impacted. It's created a permanent impact Culturally to how we operate and do things. So with mass gatherings be it concerts conventions anything, you know things You know within the the realm of our industry uh, I I think we're gonna see things that are gonna change. It's just right now. We're all trying to predict. What is it? Are we all all gonna always have a temperature check going forward? You know, it's just like is it the spacing thing and um, You know, here's here's a great hypothetical again um, You know, I'm I'm not trying to pin you into answers on behalf of an organization, but this was a theoretical that came up and yeah. I don't know the answer, is so pretend I charge $1,000 for my vendor space, okay? But now I'm going to cap the attendance at my event in order to uh, make sure I'm running a safer event. So, you know, I was 50000 now I'm 25000 attendees.
1: Right. But
0: uh, my costs are now higher because the convention right. center is charging me more. All of our costs have gone up as a result of COVID. What do I do? I, how do I adjust that vendor space? In the vendor's eyes, it's going to be there's less people. Why am I paying more? In the show promoter's eyes, it's I'm paying more to operate the show with less people. You know, I have to charge more. So I, I think the one thing that's, that's been a, you know, unfortunate subject is what's going to be the cost of post pandemic pop culture? You know, movie theaters are buckling right now. If they came back, oh, yeah. what are they going to charge us? You know, we're we're lucky in Florida, lucky, uh, that the things are operating so loosey-goosey. And we have our theme parks have been open since the summer, albeit right. with extreme restrictions. And, you know, I was explaining to my wife, she loves her annual pass. But I already told her, I said, you know, enjoy it while you can. When we come back, you know, I think an annual pass now is anywhere from like 600 to to $1,000 for a theme park. That's going to go up. Because it's they're gonna have to offset a year of loss. And then, you know, what's it cost now to constantly wipe everything down and and stuff like that. So you guys are in a very, very expensive region to begin with. I mean, there are advantages to the NPO. But do you think, you know, uh, financially, something like that would impact you? Or do you think the NPO status was going to actually help you
1: with that?
2: Oh, I think everyone's going to be impacted regardless of everything. Like in some aspects, our costs are absolutely going to go up in terms of like, you know, are people going to be demanding hand sanitizer like it's going out of style for the next five years? Are we going to have to truck in like seven gallon jugs all over the place? Mm -hmm. But I think that I think that we don't want to try to operate our show smaller, I think because it takes away from the con itself. And we want to try to wait until it's at least safe and then operate at the size we can because I don't feel like running a smaller show is like what we do. And it would be weird to kind of go backwards. Um, but yeah, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what we would do if the costs were so astronomical. Cause it's like, we don't
0: want to real, real tell quick us- wave to Ken. He's going to disappear here in a second. He's wait. And we're going to look at the website for anime Boston real quick.
1: <laughs>
0: Bye Ken. Sorry. Ken real is real world is was calling. <laughs> so. As as you know, as an NPO, day job sometimes calls at the most unfortunate time. But we're looking uh, now at the, the Anime Boston website. Now, if she was on the Anime Boston website real quick, where's the – I'm trying to find the um, information about the event you were talking about, the virtual on Saturday.
2: Sure. It should be like the second post. Anime Psy? Yep. That's the one.
0: All right. Perfect. So uh, – and that's your, your virtual event you have coming up this Saturday, uh, which yeah. everybody uh, – and it's free. You can just register online. Uh, which is great because it gives you a chance to, to stay connected with the, the attendees uh, in the future, but at the same time, gives them something to do. I'm looking at the website now. Uh, I'm look- Okay. And let me know when you transition back to us. We're back. Okay. So our producer's talking in our ear going, Hey, in order to get rid of Ken, I have to go to the website, change our framing and then come back. <laughs> so, um, we're fun with this. We're still learning this. And, uh, you know, this part of the fun of doing this live is when we figure things out, you get to see us do it. Um, but getting back to what we were talking about before we had to lose Ken here for a minute. So your goal as anime Boston. Isn't to try to find a scaled down version. It's more to kind of wait out the storm until you think the world is, is, you know, it's, it's almost a, uh, a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. I forget the name of the planet where, you know, the world can't handle it yet, so we're going to shut down until the world's ready for it again. So you're going to wait for the world to be ready for anime cons again versus try to do a scaled spaced one instead, you think?
2: I think at this moment, that seems to be the general consensus I get from a lot of the executives. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's an ever-changing method. So you know, if, say, next year things are still really rough, who's not to say that we're all like, hey, okay, how do we figure this out now? Because it's like, I don't want to say that we set anything in stone because you can't right now. You have to be the most fluid possible person to run conventions.
0: Yeah. And, and even more so right now, just with the the ever-changing environment that we're in. I mean, the, the problems we're dealing for, you know, I, I almost, I, you know, I hate to say this, I miss the days when our biggest drama was, oh God, this voice actor is a horrible human being or, oh no, this convention did something horrible with their policies and we want to be angry right? at them
2: still had the, conventions.
0: <laughs> those were the good old days now, um, but we still had them. So uh, it, it is, uh, you know, and, and you kind of said the same thing, and, and we, we kind of keep saying this a lot, which is the, you know, we don't have the answers. And we are trying to find the answers, but you've hit something very spe- specific that I 100% agree with. I have said a lot uh, in, in other interviews of uh, in, in print and then appearing on podcasts um, that I am not a fan of the term virtual convention. And people are like, oh, we're doing our virtual con, and I'm like, no, you're not. You're doing an online experience. You're presenting your convention uh, or the brand online, but it, until we're in Ernie Klein's oasis, we're not going to have a virtual convention. And I think it almost devalues, you know, the experience because just like you said, I, I like the I like that you guys are going for the direction of, you know, let's not find a way to scale. Let's just wait till we can do it right again, because that is the importance of the convention. It's the uh, you know the human connection of. You know, we're all here together in a in a space, and and the the interactivity, the the energy of the room. You know, it's uh, uh, it's a very off-color phrase to use, but I used in the the show I did last Saturday. Um, is yes, porn exists. However, it is not a replacement for the real thing. And conventions, we can watch all these videos and these panels, and you know, meet celebrities online. It's all great, and it's 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 an interactive piece, but you know, I'll say it, I'm, I miss being in the, you know, in the crowd of hundreds of people, you know, screaming and arguing at a panel or on stage at a costume contest. And I, I respect the hell out of you guys for wanting to go the, hey, let's wait until we um, uh, um, uh, wait till we can hit the, um, uh, hit the show like it's, it's, you know, actually a show again. But yeah, I mean, like if you had
2: written, We haven't written off the idea of a virtual con if things get bad, but I definitely feel very strongly that you are, you're missing the human connection that is being with other human beings and getting your photo taken and getting people to talk to you and like talking to somebody who's super into something with you for five hours in a line by accident. Like there's definitely something there. That's not. It's the, the,
0: the human connection, um, which I think is, Ninety percent of uh, you know the convention experience. I mean, we I, when I worked for Anime Expo in the early two uh, thousands, I loved going through their survey data. And the most important piece of, of thing uh, information I walked away talking to people about is you know the the post convention survey. What you know, fans, what do they like, or what do they come for? And I would see a, a variance of uh, you know the top three would you know number 3 would sometimes be celebrities or sometimes it would number 2 would be shopping but number 1 was always kind of the same answer and it was a variation of the term of the number one reason i come to a convention is to hang out with friends so you know it's you can have the the best guests in the world you can have the the best uh vendors or you know the exclusive merch or you know the the greatest cosplay contest in the world but people are going there to connect with other like-minded people for that weekend escapism of Hey, you know, suddenly I'm with 25,000 of my other fans or friends that are fans of the same thing I am, and you know, anime is such a, a very specific community um, uh, to how it uh, adapts to that. Um, but going back to to you guys in Boston, um, is there anything? So, like, when I go to different cons, you get different feels for it. Like, you know, Anime Expo yeah. again, LA is going to pull you know local stuff because they're right in Middle Hollywood. Uh, aside from bringing in the the musical guests and the international talent, is there something in anime Boston that you feel has a lot of the local flavor, the local flair that, that kind of drives you guys a little?
2: I mean, we definitely take place in Back Bay, which is like the picturesque part of Boston. So like mm-hmm. when you think of Boston, that's literally where we are with that particular backdrop. So that's really cool. Um, mostly it's just the fact that like people that have never been to Boston are like, "Oh, this is Boston." We've tried to do different things like last year, 2019, um we actually had a bunch of people from the New York uh the New England Patriots come. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool because we had found out that they had an anime club inside the Patriots, and so we sort of just reached out to them on like a side thing like, "Hey, we run an anime con if you're interested." And Lo and behold, a whole bunch of them were like, we are very interested. <laughs> so we ended up with a bunch of patriots walking around the con for a while. And that was pretty rad. And it was that interesting mix of like people not really knowing who they were so they could have the freedom to walk around. And then like the dads being like, whoa, wait, I know who that is.
0: <laughs> oh, and, and and I I remember reading this story because I, I cited that somebody actually uh, yesterday, believe it or not, um, somebody reached out about a football player wanting to appear at a show uh, who mm-hmm. is a, a huge anime fan, and I said, "Well, you know, they're not the first. And I, I said, "I'm pretty sure it's the New England Patriots did anime Boston," and and I had to find the news article again. Um, but I I love the the localized flair for that. And, and I mean, did they? I remember that the news specifically covered that one piece because now it's a crossover piece. Because as you know, you know, trying to do mainstream media with even with local media of, "Hey, we're doing the anime show," it's it's hard to you know translate to to the masses at some point, but football and and asian pop culture um uh, how many i mean did they come for the whole weekend the day or you know what did they do what what did the football players do with the anime con
2: so we had them very specifically for the day but we offered them the whole weekend so i'm not sure who came back or what's up or free on that but i mean we took them on a nice little tour uh We took him up to the green room, which was one of my favorite parts, because you forget that these people are like young guys who are just super into anime. So we took him up to the guest room and we had the English voice actor for I want to say it was um, Sasuke from Naruto. And, like, mm-hmm. they were all just losing it. Like, this was the biggest celebrity they had ever met. And it was, it was heartwarming and really adorable because you're like, no, you guys are, like, big celebrities. But they were just so excited about this. So that was really cute. But then we just kind of toured them around. And they were so, like, a lot of them had no idea that something like an anime con even existed. So they were really impressed with the fact that they could go and like one of them went to the artist alley and just put down a couple hundred dollars on an artist alley table because they loved every picture they had of like, I think it was Dragon Ball, but it was just really cool to see that like they were true fans. This wasn't just like a publicity stunt yeah. that the Patriots had put them up to. Like this was for them super real. And so it was really, it was really endearing to feel that from something like, Football, which a lot of, you know, people who are anime fans are not always like, oh, football.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, and we find and, and I think it's been exciting to see, um, especially over the past five years, and uh that and and your story is, is evident of it, that we're seeing a lot more of um mainstream other elements connecting with it. You know, one of one of my uh, stupid expensive purchases last year was uh, Michael B. Jordan and Coach did a whole line of Naruto merchandise. And so oh, cool. I got those shoes for a couple hundred bucks and they have the like a thousand dollars. I'm like, I'm not going that crazy with Coach, but I'll get my nice shoes. Um, so you see like actors like Michael B. Jordan, um, uh, Megan The Stallion uh, with her, uh, you know, uh, did a cover of a magazine last year and uh, she's wearing her blue outfit with her white streak of hair and then her blue streak of her red streak of hair. And, you know, a lot of, you know, people just saw him going, oh, that's interesting fashion choice. And all of us nerds are going, I'm pretty sure that's, uh, you know, a little bit of my hero academia happening there. <laughs> and then, so, you know, after it happens, Twitter takes to it immediately. And um, they, they recognize and then she confirmed it. and She goes, oh, I'm a huge anime nerd. Um, and then uh, who's the other one that I talked to? A T-Pain showed up at Dragon Con. You know, he, his, his daughter is huge into anime and video games, so he put together this amazing cosplay for the two of them and showed up as Tekken characters, walked around the whole time. Nobody knew it was them. He oh, just, that's an amazing costume, took pictures, and then when he left, posted on social media, just had a great time. So I, I love the fact that, you know, we have football players, uh, hip-hop stars, you know, yeah. movie stars. That are out and, and proud of. Hey, we're anime fans, and you know, as, as a legacy show, you guys have been around for a while now. You know, seeing seeing kind of the respect of that industry come to you guys is 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 really really. Um, uh, I don't want to say heartwarming. Sounds cheesy, but it might be the best. No, but word. it
2: totally was. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, uh, now, uh, cosplay events. Um, like besides the cosplay contest, what sort of cosplay events do you have?
2: So we do, like, our other big, big one is Cosplay Chess. Um, that one I know is super popular. It's on Sunday morning, and you have to be, like, pre-selected, and there's a whole script to it, and it's just a really well-attended event that people look forward to. We also have, like, a bunch of cosplay dating games and stuff like that. So, like, you know, people go in character, and they try to uh, – you, you remember the dating game. Um, yes. Yeah. They try to, you know, get the attention of the person. And it's it's fun because they all work really hard to stay in character, and it just presents it to be, mm-hmm. like – a good time, and it's usually later on at night, so it gives people something to do.
0: I remember the mid two thousands, like cosplay chess and those tape shows were becoming a big thing. I didn't realize you guys still actually did we that. Still do every it. And se-
2: it so wow. popular, it's like a big, big event.
0: That's awesome. Right? I mean, I, I love like because because here's here's my only like evil story I have about Anime Boston, and I uh, in the mid two thousands in Florida, we created a show um because that's so everybody's doing anime chess and stuff like that and we're like we're gonna yeah, do something different where we took uh broadway musicals and put them you know uh to cosplay so we would do stage productions dance numbers all this stuff but it would be like south park uh, the movie uh take songs from that and put it to evangelion and uh you know one jump from aladdin but Lupin. um okay and we did this great show and then anime boston the team up there decided they were going to do it and use the name the animusical we're like (laughs) guys don't do that and it became came kind of a a a tense like you know we love that you love the idea but can you not use the name well do you own the name i'm like we bought animusical.com and we made up the word and it eventually you know died down but it was it's one of those things of um, and I love the fact that you guys still have chess because that's one of my big things now is we all are gonna have our costume contest masquerade. We're all gonna have our yeah. or whatever. But I think what supports a lot of creative creativity in the community is what are the the niche events, you know, the dating game events, the uh just like you said, you guys are doing the uh, the chess match, which now I need to like go on YouTube and look for because <laughs> again, I remember those and they were awesome right. if they're done well. And just like you said, it's it's scripted, you've got to do a whole stage production. Um yeah. I think I know of only one other convention that's that's uh besides you guys now that you brought it up that actually still do a cosplay chess. Do you guys still have AMVs there or no?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's okay. still a pretty big event. We get way too many submissions. I'm part of the committee where we start to choose down the AMVs that are going to be in the contest and not last with well, 2019. So for the 2000 and what would have been the 2020 show it was yeah. like a 14-hour event to pare down all the AMVs because it's like the submissions are a lot.
0: Let me ask you a question. When you guys do AMV contests now, um, what's like when we, at the end of, so Ken left, so the shows we ran in Florida, we ran in J-Con for 10 years. And then okay. afterwards, we went to Florida Anime Experience, uh, which was bought out by MegaCon. Um, but of course, we like all of the, because we're old, we like all the old legacy events. We had fun with it you just described the problem we started running into with anime music videos um, was the amount of work that people don't know that it takes behind the scenes with staff going, okay, congratulations. You have this many entries. We now have to have X number of you watch X number of entries. Um, We started doing rules. Like you, you had to um, attend the show or be a part of the show. Do you guys have restrictions like that? Or is it just like open submission or how do you guys operate that?
2: No, we're open submissions. So you don't have to be physically present at the show in order to compete at the show.
0: Really? Oh, no. man, that's even more. That means you guys are getting <laughs> all the entries at this point then.
2: Yeah, we uh, will get some of the most popular ones that are played on the West Coast, and we'll still get them over here.
0: 14 hours of watching videos and an average of uh, five to six minutes a song. So that's a <laughs> lot of videos to 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 cull through. And then how many <laughs> awards do you guys give out?
2: Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's yeah, it's not nearly enough.
0: <laughs> you're che- so you're chewing through literally hundreds of videos to to just pick the the ones that are, oh, my God, you are yeah, braver have, soul than me. Yeah, because now have
2: overflow rooms. So, like, we have the contest itself, and then we have a separate room that just plays, like, hey, this is everything that was submitted but didn't make the contest. So if you, like, really love AMVs, you can go and sit in that room and just watch AMVs for a really long time.
0: Interesting. So instead of a viewing room, you kind of just have a nonstop AMV room.
2: yeah. And we're working on revamping the contest because it used to be like, and I'm so sad because the guy who runs the AMV contest was so excited for 2020 because we've always done pencil paper ballots. And this year he had a whole program written with QR codes and scanning them and all this stuff. And he was so excited to wheel it out. And it was just like, there's no con for 2020. I'm so sorry.
0: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> so I know he's like biting to get that out there. Cause he was so, he worked so hard on it.
0: What's um, made cafes. Do you guys do anything like that?
2: Yeah, we introduced a maid cafe I want to see. It's either two or three years ago. Um, It's the typical American maid cafe, so we can't really touch food and things like that. So it's just mostly the girls are in their maid costumes and they interact with guests. They play games, uh, talk to the guests. It's a very popular event. They do serve food there, but not the maids themselves.
0: Okay. And that was going to be my next question because we we deal with Uh, you know, made cafes at at all the fan expo shows. And then we have one here in Florida. Every Monday we do a show uh, on our Twitch channel called Made in America, where our made cafe kind of does what we're doing, which is uh, either uh, talk to other made cafes and how they're operating. And the challenge, uh, you know, all of us deal with is if you are a made cafe, American convention made cafe, you're not necessarily, you know, a server or anything like that. And then uh, you're a union town there are very specific uh, rules to how do you serve the food? Who's allowed to touch the food? Is a food even allowed? Um, yeah. I'm assuming you guys use a caterer or use in-house or somebody brings it's something in-house. in. house,
2: So I can't remember the name of the company that does the catering for the Heinz, but we have to specifically use them. Um, yeah.
0: We do the same thing like in Florida. So.
2: Yeah. And it's just like, so we have to work around that. And I know there was some bad communication the first year. So the maid cafe ended up serving like, hot dogs and stuff like that but yeah because they didn't quite understand what we were looking for because you're like yeah it's a maid cafe and they're like well okay so yeah they did that but I last the last year we ran 2019 uh it was more like cookies and like more delicate treats and made a little Mm -hmm. bit more sense that way
0: (laughs) yeah down down here that's what we we wound up going with simple which is uh here's a well decorated very pretty cupcake and mm-hmm. would you like coffee, tea or water? And just, you know, here's your sugar high for coming into the the cafe, have a nice day or depending on cost, just like you said, working with convention centers, it's the, uh, you know, there is no food. Welcome to our experience. Come play games. Here's our dance number, things like that. Um, now, when you guys do your main cafe, is it a separate ticketed event or how do you guys operate it that way?
2: Um, So at this time, it's just you go in and you buy the food that you want to eat, and then you sit at a table and the mates come over and interact with you. Uh, It's not a separate ticket or anything like that. We're still, it's one of those things we're definitely still finding our feet in that one, because Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of like, well, could we, what could we do better? How could we make this more interactive? Will they eventually give us a little more freedom over here? And so we've definitely been, it's not a finished product.
0: (laughs) Good. And 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 that's kind of the beauty of running shows. I don't think you know, very few of us ever get to what we feel is the finished product. I mean, you just described that you've been running AMVs forever, and your guy just came up with a, a great new way to do it. And that's part of the fun of running these shows is what is the next creative way. But everything you described that we've talked about for the past forty-five minutes really just sounds like Anime Boston is is the here's every cool anime event that we're used to you know the tropes if you will at an anime con but it sounds like you guys just do them all really damn well which probably is why you guys have become so successful Um, yeah and
2: we try to bring new stuff in all the time i know a couple years ago we introduced our gundam building room which was really cool it's kind of like a quiet room to just build gundams with other people that want to build gundams gunplot
0: came back with a like in the past couple of years like out of nowhere again
2: yeah, and we've been working with, there was a, a Gundam shop actually nearby, and so mm-hmm. we were working with them to sort of like sponsor the room and come in and talk about Gundams and stuff like that, so we're trying to make that more of a thing, and so you try to find the next big idea, but you know that every other con is eventually going to take your idea, because that's how being an anime con is. We just, we constantly take from each other.
0: <laughs> Somebody wanna- figured out chess, then everybody had chess for five years, yep.
2: Exactly. So you're just like, you just want to try to be ahead of the curve, but then you, if you can't be, you want to do the best job you can so that it sticks around and it's an event like, like chess, you know, everybody else is done with it. And we're like, no, it's still a huge event for us.
0: Well, and, and that's the thing. And, and, and one of the advantages and you guys, and you know, I've seen your team before, and we all show up at random places across the world, but we get to see what other shows are doing. And I've seen, and, and that's, what's amazing is all the stuff you talked about is, all these things are still popular with you guys, whereas at other places, like you know, I can name five shows. I'd say AMVs are still a thing, <laughs> but the five shows that AMVs are still a thing, it's a major thing. Like you know, mm-hmm. AWA will never let go of that because it's you know they have a whole room that was in the video art track, but it's not like it ever died. Versus some other cons, like well, we don't need that anymore. Um, you know, example question: What the next like? Do you guys do after-hours events? Do you guys do dances? The, the the anime rave? Does any of that still exist in Anime Boston?
2: No. So um, we got rid of dances. Gosh, it's probably been about seven or eight years. Uh, we had a lot of issues with our dances, um, and it involved the Boston police. And basically, we can't have them anymore, and I don't think any of us are sad. It's been- <laughs> It's like, seriously, it's been so good to not get calls at like, you know, 2 a.m. Like, hey, something terrible is happening at the dance or something is going on. And just, you know, being like, no, it's it's not there anymore. And, you know, that's uh, it's been nice. I'm not sad.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no. Hey, 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 preaching that. to preaching to the <laughs> choir with the last year, J-Con 2009, um, uh, you know, raves were still at raves were still yeah. at their peak at anime events. And um, we had somebody decide because it was because uh, we'd made it public that J-Con 10X, we were shutting down. Like we took okay. all the money because th- that was, you know, uh, it was college kids created something. Nobody wanted to own it or keep it. So let's take all the money and then just go crazy. And, you know, yeah. uh, Ken left, he and I are big Transformers fans. So we booked Stan Bush, who sang The Touch from the movie to play a concert, you know, crazy stuff we were making up. But everybody knew it was the last show, so we had this huge, giant room packed with people, you know, the the, the glow sticks, the music, the whole nine, and somebody thought it'd be funny to shoot pepper spray into the audience. Um, and we literally had to immediately shut down. Paramedics, we have paramedics on site already, you know, milk in the eyes, taking care of everything. Luckily, you know, nobody was major injured, but it was a huge inconvenience, and it was kind of the, well, th- that's how we abruptly ended the last major dance at the show and when we came to do we came back to do Florida Anime Experience 2 years later we took a year off and said okay let's do a whole new show and, and shift direction um somebody actually showed up to the convention uh wearing a costume uh dressed as pepper spray oh holding a sign that said J-Con x never forget um and we're like oh my god that's horrible but we kind of made the decision too of the how important is the night entertainment or if we're going to do night entertainment, what's something that's a little more controlled or contained? So if you have no rave, no dances, do you guys have any evening programming? Or, And if so, what's that like?
2: We do. Um, we tend to run more of the adult programming at night. So that's where you see a lot of the hentai screenings, the um, panels that are based around hentai. That's kind of where we shove all of that stuff.
0: OK. So late
2: night, like more aimed at the adults that are going to be awake.
0: How late are you guys? 24 hours? You shut down a specific time.
2: I want to say we shut down at 2 a.m. Boston's kind of a weird city if you've never spent a lot of time there. Pretty much the entire city shuts down at 2 a.m. And there's just hmm. nothing and there's no transportation and it's just like a weird dead city. So it, it makes things kind of difficult in that way um, to keep the party going, as it were.
0: If you could do one thing in Anime Boston that you guys haven't done yet, what would it be?
2: Ooh, I don't know. Um,
0: Because it sounds like you guys have done a ton and it's all been amazing. But what's the, you know, is there something you've heard in another con or something out there you haven't done yet? Cause you guys have done musical acts, Japanese guests. What's the, what would be like the Holy grail of man, this would be cool. If.
2: I have like, wow, I can't really think of anything because it's like everything that we tend to think up. We like find a way to make it happen. So it's hard to be like, oh, I hope that we have this next. Cause it's like, I can't think of anything that we haven't done that I've been trying to get from another con at this point.
0: Awesome. I wish that's... that we could
2: do like a summer Matsuri, but I guess that's the closest I could get.
0: Well, and cause you got, well, you guys are in the spring. Um, yeah. so be Almost on top of. Um, wow. That's, but again, that just speaks volumes to the show itself that you guys have done all these amazing things for this many years and, uh, are sticking to it. You know, it's sounds like you guys have found that perfect balance of, uh, here's the classic things people are coming back for, but let's make sure we're, you know, doing some stuff to keep the kids happy when they come to, you know, get off my damn lawn and play with the anime stuff, you know? Uh, It's true. And we
2: do a lot of good. We raise money for the national MS society. Every year we raise about 20 K. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. I was the charity coordinator for almost 10 years. So I worked really hard to build that up. And yeah, we've been giving a lot back. The national MS society comes on premise during the auction and we spend all weekend raising money as well. So it's like, that's been really cool. So we give back. And then on top of that, we're just doing so much of amazing stuff.
0: So, so I'm you, you do your charity charity is done through a charity auction.
2: So we do a weekend charity basket raffle, um, okay. but we do a, big live auction on sunday and then what we started doing a couple years ago is what we call the line pass so we basically raffle off online prior to con this line cut badge and there's only one and the person that wins it is allowed to cut any line at the con no questions asked as long as they have the badge and oh, so we raised that idea that as well right it's really cool and we always make the badge like match the theme in some way so when we had retro as our theme i got an old um was it, an old NES cartridge and I hollowed it out and then I designed the badge around this goofy NES cartridge. So it's like we try to make it fun and match the theme.
0: There's the the famous uh, Steve Jobs misquote of Picasso of good artists create, uh, great artists steal. Uh, We (laughs) do at uh, WasabiCon, or the Jacksonville show we own, uh, we do Give Kids the World. We do a charity auction every Sunday. Um, And I love that idea. And that might be something worth stealing. The pre-show, raise money you get the one badge that skips every single, uh, right? thing. Um, and but yeah, I was, I was corrected. Ones. Yeah. Make a wish foundation. We used to do give kids the world. Uh, yeah. and then we did make a wish foundation. And then we go back between the two of them because there's one charity nobody ever argues with us with it's dying children. So, yeah. Right. But and you yeah, said no, t- $20,000 $20 so- last year.
2: Yeah, we raised around twenty thousand each year. So sometimes a little oh bit more, God. sometimes a little bit less. But yeah, we even got um, through this. I met Brian Konisko, who does Avatar: The Last Airbender, and we started chatting a whole bunch. And he started every year just sending a bunch of like drawn pictures, and autographed stuff every year because he's like, "This means so much to me," and I I love that you guys do this. So like now we have him on board and just you know, we always work with our guests to make sure they bring unique products. So we end up with like autographed, uh, what do you call those? The boards, uh, different things like that. When we have Lisa as a guest, she autographed a part of her set and we auctioned that off. So it's like, we always end up with really cool stuff and work hard.
0: That is amazing. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up here, but one more time, um, anime Boston, uh, tentatively coming back spring of next year. More importantly, uh, if you're watching and looking for something to do this Saturday, uh, they're doing Anime Psy, which is going to be a live-streamed event uh, Saturday. You have to register online to get the information for it. Uh, but it's free. And, and it's free, which is the best price right now during a pandemic. Uh, any final words you want to say about Anime Boston?
2: Um, yeah, come check out Anime Boston, and in general, Black Lives Matter, and get out and vote this year.
0: Absolutely, Jenna. Thank you so much for your time, and we're out of here in three. Two, one. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Convention Nerds. The Convention Nerds logo was designed by artist Caitlin Jane. Convention Nerds is a presentation of Wasabi Anime. This recording is copyright 2020 Green Mustard Entertainment, Inc. To learn more about the show, visit greenmustard.com forward slash convention nerds.